Welcome to the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinbart. I'm an analyst and advisor at Kupinger Coal Analysts. In each edition, I have one guest joining me, often a fellow analyst or another interesting partner, and we will have a 15 minutes or so chat around interesting or current topics. My guest today is Paul Fischer. He is senior analyst with Kupinger Coal, working out of London. Hi, Paul. Hello, Matthias. Great to uh, be with you on my very first podcast. Right. Yeah. That, that, and it's a long distance one again between Germany and London. So let's uh, try to find out how things work. Today, we will start a short series about privileged access management. And you, Paul, you just have completed a leadership compass um, about privileged access management. Can you explain a bit what that is and what you've done for that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, it, it's, uh, as you say, just been published. It came out uh, um, about four weeks ago. And what we did with a leadership compass is assess 24 of the leading vendors in PAM. Um, and these would be vendors from across the world. We then review each one of these vendors. Um, we then assess them using a questionnaire and then a, a series of scoring. And, and from that, we decide who are the leaders and the followers and the challengers um, within um, the PAM market. And I believe that you can download this uh, if you sign up for a 30-day trial um, in KC Plus, and you can read all about it, as we say, in, in the UK. So uh, it, it's uh, well worth reading if, you, if, you, um, if you're in the market for PAM. Right, and that is what something that we want to achieve, actually, also with this, um, with this, with this episode of the podcast and the, and the subsequent ones as well, not to get you into the market or to, to make you buy something, but to help people, our audience, understand what privileged access management actually is. Mm. So um, if you would start to explain what privileged access management is, then I think we would, should start with what is a privileged account. What would be a, a, a definition or um, um, at least uh, some examples of a privileged accounts? Traditionally, Matthias, a privileged account has been given to administrators in an organization simply because they needed to access certain parts of the organization or certain files and certain accounts uh, that have sensitive data or sensitive information. They might be allowed access to another user account um, in order to do some kind of maintenance or update on their system. So they're really privileged in the sense that, that they were allowed to do and go to places that most uh, employees or end users weren't. So that, that's the that's the sort of easiest way to describe it. Okay, so it would be the 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 root account, the DB admin, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it it's you know if you're if you're working in a in a company and you need to change a password or uh, or you can't access something or something's not working, then usually an administrator will come in and access your own files. So in that sense, someone allowed to access a individual's PC, which is effectively what they're doing, is privileged access because they were allowed to root around in uh, personal files. Okay, so um, if we think about these accounts, 
I consider them often as shared accounts. The, the root password is something that usually more than one user knows, at, at, at least when it comes to a, a Unix server in a in an enterprise environment, or maybe also the, the master account of an AWS instance. Mm. So this is something that more than one people does know, so there's no control. Well, yeah, there's no control if you don't have a, uh, a privilege access management solution um, in place, because you're right. Um, often more than one person will have access to the same account. They might have a different password, but in the worst case scenario, they would all share the same password as well. So there is a debate about uh, whether you should have uh, individual privilege accounts or shared privilege accounts. And the debate is really some companies simply have too many uh, users that need to access uh, shared accounts, sorry, uh, need to access privilege accounts to give them individual access. But again, uh, that is where privilege account management solution comes in because one of the key and essential things they will have in them is shared account password management which allows uh, in theory at least uh, secure use of shared accounts so that that would be a technical solution for an, an organizational problem but i think because i think that um, shared accounts is really just a design flaw would you agree it's a yes, you're right. Um, a lot of um, te technology is, is obviously there to cope with, with design flaws. So if you were to build an organization from scratch, you would hopefully avoid shared accounts. However, as I said, uh, for giant corporations with hundreds of thousands of users, that, that's uh, a little bit difficult. And one of the reasons why they, they carry on using shared account. So the... Privilege access management is getting better at uh, controlling shared accounts, and I think we are also seeing developments um, within sort of ephemeral usage and one-time passwords and one-time usage that will eventually might enable us to get rid of shared accounts. Okay. Um, if, we, if we look at the com complete scope of the accounts that a privileged access management system should be or could be covering, um, is it only technical accounts? It's, is it only... Uh, the accounts that we just mentioned, so the root, the DB admin, or are we also talking about other types of accounts when it comes to the criticality and the and the risk that goes with the usage of these accounts? Yeah, uh, we're seeing now that privileged access can also mean access to, for example, a customer database, or it might access to personal files or personal identifiable information, the very stuff that if organizations are careless with they'll get fined by under GDPR. You'll also find that privileged accounts are being used not just by human beings. So increasingly applications will talk to another application or to access certain data that they need. Um, and then that brings us into something that's quite current uh, where we have organizations doing agile development with DevOps and CI and CD and all that. And these people need access to code, but they also need access to credentials um, and also APIs and all that stuff. Um, so the scope of what constitutes a privileged account and what's in it or what it gives access to has certainly uh, moved on a long way from simply admin accounts and like you say access to the root directory and things so it's become a um all that stuff is still 
obviously happening, but it's becoming probably uh, much more dynamic uh, and much more uh, across the enterprise and taking in more what you might call uh, lines of business and, and business administration. And of course, we are seeing companies which are um, opening up their own applications and services through APIs to third parties in uh, to, to develop new products. And again, that will also involve privileged accounts at some point. So it's become a quite exciting field, but also a more complicated one. Right, I fully agree. And I've seen organizations, um, larger financial organizations in that example, that actually uh, even have high-risk business access, so creating a new customer, creating a new account, transferring um, a large amount of money, who have put that access, although it is really business access, but with a high impact and with a high risk when abused, um, into a privileged access management system. So it's really um, more a risk-based approach than a necessarily a technological or technique-related um, approach. One account type that is often forgotten that I've seen um, recently in, in PAM as well is actually the management of uh, the shared accounts for, um, for social media, for the social media outlets of larger organizations. We just had it a few weeks ago that a large German car manufacturer got his um, Twitter or Instagram account hijacked and there were some nasty things out there as well um, in this account. So managing that via a privileged access management system and having the shared password avoided and the password managed adequately would have made much sense for them. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And uh, as social media has become... Well, almost essential to many corporate, I mean, the motor industry is, is a great example. They're, they're all over things like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook because, you know, they, they realize it's a great way to, to reach new customers and uh, existing customers. Um, also, it makes them look very trendy and all that as well. But it's not just uh, the danger of the account being hacked. And that's actually a point that um, probably should have made right at the start. The reason why privileged accounts need to be protected is because they quite often will lead to what we might call the crown jewels of a company, and they will also lead to root access and things. So criminal hackers will obviously target privileged accounts because they know that once they get into them, that gives them a good chance of accessing the kind of data that is, is worthwhile them stealing. Um, and also they can move sideways across the organization into other networks and files. But uh, yes, to, to go back to social media, it's not just uh, external, but uh, if you have too many internal employees having access to a corporate Twitter account, knowing the password, etc., um, it's not healthy and it can lead to uh, a situation like we had in, in the UK government where a civil servant posted something uh, criticizing the government on the government's own account, which potentially is, 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 is quite humorous depending on, on uh, your political views. Uh, but in, serious, in, in all seriousness, uh, it's something that could be highly dangerous. And I think, Matthias, you're right. Uh, people don't think about social media as being a sort of highly privileged area or something that should be protected. But if it, it's not, it can do great damage to, to the organization. So, and it's where you're, you know, the, the organization is directly facing their, their customers. 
Exactly. And I think also um, maybe we should also think of privileged accounts on, on the endpoint, um, so on the actual user system. Many, many organizations have the bad habit of assigning local admin rights to Windows users on their box. Mm. Um, and, and that is something where the usual user gets elevated access and can do almost anything on their otherwise well-protected corporate um, um, desktop or laptop. I, I think that is something where um, privileged access management could also help um, so to achieve both so that the user can yeah. inst install a bit of software but cannot do everything all the time. No, and that has to be very carefully controlled, um, especially now, like you know, in our current situation with so many of us working at home and using family laptops or laptops that are not, uh, haven't been approved by the corporate IT department or security department, quite often it's easy to think, oh, this guy's okay, you know, because he's the, the head of accounting. We'll, we'll allow him to download whatever he likes or he's allowed to access different bits and pieces. Now, that person might well be a good employee and has no malicious intent, but by doing that on a remote device they and on an insecure network, they are inviting uh, in trouble from hackers and others that may be able to hijack onto that uh, PC or laptop. So it's it's also the flip side of that is allowing administrators access to um, endpoints so that they can do the um, actual security enhancements um, that, that need to be done so they can indeed lock down the, those uh, laptops. So the administrator has privileged access to that laptop and the user should have limited privilege access from that laptop. Exactly. So so to, to sum it up for, for today's episode, I think the, the most important thing for um, um, considering privileged access or privileged accounts in general is that we have to apply a, a risk-based approach. So identify which risk comes with which type of account and that um, to identify which account needs to be subject to privileged access management, um, that, that we do this on a, on, on on a well-executed risk assessment and not only on the type of accounts. Would you agree? Yeah, and I think the other thing to, to someone is don't think that you don't have any privileged accounts uh, because you do. Even, even the smallest business will have something or some accounts which have access to things that you want to keep secret or you want to protect. So if you have no privilege access management at all, uh, the first thing to do, and we can talk about this in another podcast, uh, uh, is how you go about uh, deploying privilege access management. And the first thing is to understand where and how your privilege accounts are used. Exactly. So today we've learned a bit about what privileged ac uh, accounts are. But um, as mentioned before, this will be a series of more than one episodes covering privileged access management from different angles. And I think, the, the, as you've mentioned, the, the, the next uh, starting point might be to look into core functionalities of such a solution uh, and how to apply it um, and how to get it really to life in a real-life organization and how to implement that. And there, uh, I think there's lots of potential here. Well, I hope I can help you with that, Matthias. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're the expert, and I'm looking forward to that. So thanks again for your time, Paul, for taking part here. Uh, thanks for to the audience for listening. And um, let's talk soon about further PAM things. Great.
Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.